Welcome to A Midsummer Night's Dream, the radio play, Act 2. Brought to your listening device by Every Mother's Son Productions and Oberon's Flower Potion Emporium. Oberon Flower Potion Emporium for all your mayhem needs. Now please enjoy the second installment of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Are we all met? Pat Pat, and here's a marvelous convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage, this Hawthorne break our tiring house, and we will do it in action as we will do it before the Duke. Peter Quince. What sayest thou, Bully Bottom? There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that? I believe we we must leave the killing out when all is done. Not a whit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue, and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords and that Pyramus is not killed indeed, and, for the more better assurance, tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but Bottom the Weaver. This will put them out of fear. Well, we will have such a prologue, and it shall be written in eight and six. No, make it two more. Let it be written in eight and eight. Uh, will not the ladies be afeard of the lion? I fear it, I promise you. Masters, you ought to consider with yourself to bring in, God shield us, a lion among ladies is a most dreadful thing, for there is not a more fearful wild fowl than your lion living, and we ought to look to it. Therefore, another prologue must tell that he is not a lion. Nay, you must name his name, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck, and he himself must speak through, saying thus, or to the same defect, ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble, my life for yours, if you think I come hither as a lion, it were pity of my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man as other men are. And there indeed let him name his name and tell them plainly he is Snug the Joiner. Well, it shall be so, but there's two hard things. That is, to bring the moonlight into a chamber, for you know Pyramus and Thisbe met by moonlight. Oh, doth the moon shine the night we play our play? (gasps) A calendar! A calendar! Look in the almanac. Find out moonshine. Find out moonshine. Oh, um... Uh, Yes, it doth shine that night. Aha, why? Then may you leave a casement of the great chamber window where we play open, and the moon may shine in at the casement. Aye, or else one must come in with a bush of thorns and a lantern, and say he comes to uh, disfigure, or to present the person of moonshine. Uh, Then there is another thing. We must have a wall in the great chamber, for Pyramus and Thisbe says the story to talk through uh, the chink of a wall. You can never bring in a wall. What say you, Bottom? 
some man or other must present wall and let him have some plaster or some loam or some rough cast about him to signify wall or let him hold his fingers thus boop, and through that cranny shall pyramus and thisbe whisper if that may be then all is well come sit down every mother's son and rehearse your parts pyramus you begin when you have spoken your speech enter into that break and so everyone according to his cue mm-hmm. what hempen homespuns have we swaggering here so near the cradle of the fairy queen what a blade ward i'll be an auditor an actor too perhaps if i see cause speak pyramus uh, this be stand forth Thisbe, the flowers of odious savors sweet. Odors, odors. Oh, oh, odors, savors sweet. So hath thy breath, my dearest Thisbe dear. But hark, a voice. Stay thou but here a while, and by and by I will to thee appear. A stranger pyramus than ever played here. Must I speak now? I, Mary, must you, for you must understand he goes, but to see a noise that he heard, and is to come again. Most radiant Pyramus, most lily-white of you, of color like the red rose on triumphant prayer, most brisky, juvenile, and eek, most lovely Jew, as true as true as the horse, and yet would never tire, I'll meet thee. Pyramus, at Ninny's tomb. Ninus tomb, man. Why must you not speak that yet, that you answer to Pyramus? You speak all your parts at once, cues and all. Pyramus, enter, your cue is past. It is never tired. Oh. If I were fair, fair Thisbe, I were only thine. Oh, monstrous, oh, strange... We are haunted, pray, masters fly, masters help. I'll follow you through bog, through bush, through brake, through briar. Sometimes a horse, I'll be sometimes a hound, a hog, a headless bear, sometimes a fire. And neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire at every turn. Why do they run away? This is a knavery of them to make me afeard. Oh, bottom, thou art changed. Oh. What do I see on thee? What do you see? You see an ass head of your own, do you? Huh. I see their knavery. This is to make an ass of me, to fright me if they could. But I will not stir from this place, do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing that they shall hear I am not afraid. The usual cock so black of hue with orange tawny bill, the throstle with his note so true, the wren with little quill. <sighs> what angel wakes me from my flowery bed? The finch, the sparrow, and the lark, the plain song cuckoo gray, whose note full many a man doth mark, and dares not answer nay. For, indeed, who would set his wit so foolish a bird? Who 
give a bird the lie, though he cry cuckoo never so. I pray thee, gentle mortal, sing again. Mine ear is much enamored of thy note, so is mine eye enthralled to thy shape, and thy fair virtues forth perforce doth move me on the first view to say, to swear, I love thee. Methinks, mistress, you should have little reason for that. And yet, to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. The more the pity that some honest neighbors will not make them friends. Nay, I can gleek upon occasion. Thou art as wise as thou art beautiful. No, not so neither. But if I had wit enough to get out of this wood, I have enough to serve mine own turn. Out of this wood do not desire to go. Thou shalt remain here whether thou wilt or no. I am a spirit of no common rate. The summer still doth tend upon my state, and I do love thee. Therefore go with me. I'll give thee fairies to attend on thee, and they shall fetch thee jewels from the deep and sing while thou on pressed flowers dost sleep. Peace blossom, cobweb, moat, and mustard seed. Ready. And I. And I. And I. Where shall we go? Be kind and courteous to this gentleman. Hop in his walks and gamble in his eyes. Feed him with apricots and dewberries, and pluck the wings from painted butterflies to fan the moonbeams from his sleeping eyes. Nod to him, elves, and do him courtesies. Hail, mortal. Hail. Hail. <laughs> Hail. I cry your worship's mercy heartily. I beseech your worship's name. Cobweb. I shall desire you of more acquaintance, good Master Cobweb. If I cut my finger, I shall make bold with you. Your name, honest gentleman? Peace Blossom. Good Master Peace Blossom, I shall desire you of more acquaintance, too. Your name, I beseech you, sir? Mustard Seed. Good Master Mustard Seed, I know your patience well. I desire you of more acquaintance, good Master Mustard Seed. Come, wait upon him. Lead him to my bower. I wonder if Titania be awaked. Then what it was the next came in her eye, which she must dote on in extremity. Here comes my messenger. How now, mad spirit? What night rule now about this haunted grove? My mistress with a monster is in love. Oh. Near to her close and consecrated bower, while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of patches, rude mechanicals that work for bread upon Athenian stalls, were met together to rehearse a play intended for great Theseus's nuptial day. The shallowest, thick skin of that barren sort who Pyramus presented in their sport forsook a scene and entered in a break when I did him at this advantage take. An ass's knoll I fixed on his head, anon his thisbe must be answered, and forth my mimic comes 
when they him spy as wild geese that the creeping fowler eyes sever themselves and madly sweep the sky so at this sight away his fellows fly and at our stamp o'er here and o'er one falls him murder cries and help from athens calls their senseless weak lost with their fears the strong made senseless things begun to do them wrong I led them on in this distracted fear, and left sweet Pyramus translated there, when in that moment so it came to pass. Titania waked, and straightway loved in ass. Oh, this falls out better than I could devise. But hast thou yet latched the Athenian's eyes with the love juice, as I did bid thee? I took him sleeping, that is finished too, and the Athenian woman by his side, that when he waked, of force she must be eyed. Stand close. This is the same Athenian. This is the woman, but not this the man. Oh, why rebuke ye him that loves you so? Lay breath so bitter on your bitter foe. Now I but chide, but I should use thee worse. For thou, I fear, hast given me cause to curse. If thou hast slain Lysander in his sleep, being o'er shoes in blood, plunge in the deep and kill me too. The sun was not so true unto the day as he to me. Would he have stolen away from sleeping Hermia? It cannot be, but thou hast murdered him. So should a murderer look so dead, so grim. So should the murderer look, and so should I, pierced through the heart with their stern cruelty. Yet you, the murderer, look as bright, as clear as yonder Venus in her glimmering sphere. What's this to my Lysander? Where is he? Good Demetrius, wilt thou give him me? I had rather give his carcass to my hounds. Out, dog! Out, cur! Thou drivest me past the bounds of maiden's patience! Hast thou slain him then? Henceforth be never numbered among men. You spend your passion on a misprest mood? I am not guilty of Lysander's blood. Nor is he dead for aught that I can tell. I pray thee, tell me then that he is well. And if I could, what should I get therefore? A privilege never to see me more, and from thy hated presence part I so. See me no more, whether he be dead or no. There is no following her in this fierce vein. Here, therefore, for a while I will remain. So sorrow's heaviness doth heavier grow for debt that Bankrout sleep doth sorrow owe, which now in some slight measure will pay. If for tender here, I make some stay. What hast thou done? Thou hast mistaken quite, and laid the love juice on some true love sight. Of thy misprision must perforce ensue some true love turned, and not a false turned true. Then fate or rules that one man holding troth, a, a million fail, confounding oath on oath. About the wood go swifter than the wind, and Helena of Athens look thou find. All fancy sick she is, and pale of cheer, with sighs of love that cost the fresh blood dear. By some illusion, see thou bring her here. I'll charm her eyes against she do appear. Uh, I go. I go. Look how I go. Swifter than arrow from the Tartar's bow. Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid's archery. Sink 
in apple of his eye, when his love he doth espy, let her shine as gloriously as the Venus of the sky. When thou wakest, if she be by, beg of her for remedy. Captain of our fairy band, Helena is here at hand, and the youth mistook by me, pleading for a lover's fee. Shall we their fond pageancy? Lord, what fools these mortals be! Stand aside. The noise they make will cause Demetrius to awake. Then will two at once will one? That must needs be sport alone, and those things do best please me that befall preposterously. Why should you think that I should woo in scorn? Scorn and derision never come in tears? Look when I vow, I weep, and vow so born, in their nativity all truth appears. How can these things in me seem scorn to you, bearing the badge of faith to prove them true? You do advance your cunning more and more. When truth kills truth, oh, devilish holy fray, these vows are Hermia's. Will you give her or? Weigh oath with oath, and you will nothing weigh. Your vows to her and me put in two scales will even weigh, in both as light as tails. I had no judgment to win her, I swore. Nor none in my mind, now you give her or. Demetrius loves her, and he loves not you. Oh, Helen, goddess, nymph, perfect divine, to what, my love, shall I compare thine eye? Crystal is muddy, oh, how ripen show. Thy lips, those kissing cherries, tempting grow. When thou holdst up thy hand, oh, let me kiss this princess of pure white, this seal of bliss. Oh, spite, oh, hell! I see you all are bent to set against me for your merriment. If you were civil and knew courtesy, you would not do me thus much injury. Can you not hate me as I know you do, but you must join in souls to mock me too? If you were men as men you are in show, you would not use a gentle lady so to bow and swear and super praise my parts when I am sure you hate me with your hearts. You both are rivals and love Hermia, and now both rivals to mock Helena. A trim exploit, a manly enterprise to conjure tears up in a poor maid's eyes. <laughs> with your derision, none of noble sort would so offend a virgin and extort a poor soul's patience all to make you sport. You are unkind, Demetrius. Be not so, for you love Hermia. This you know, I know. And here, with all goodwill, with all my heart, in Hermia's love, I yield you up my part, and yours of Helena to me bequeath, whom I do love and will do until my death. Lysander, keep thy Hermia. I will none. If e'er I loved her, all that love is gone. My heart to her, but as guest wise sojourned, and now to Helena is it home returned, there to remain. Uh, Helen, it is not so. Disparage not the faith thou dost not know, lest to thy peril thou abide dear. Look where thy love comes, yonder is thy dear. Dark night that from the eye his function takes, the ear more quick of apprehension makes. Thou art not by mine eye, Lysander, found. Mine ear, I think. Thank it brought me to thy sound. 
But why unkindly didst thou leave me so? Why should he stay whom love doth press to go? What love could press Lysander from my side? Uh, Lysander's love that would not let him bide. Fair Helena, who more in gilds the night than all yon fiery o's and eyes of light. Why seek'st thou me? Could not this make thee know the hate I bear thee made me leave thee so? Uh, you speak not as you think. It cannot be. Lo, she is one of this confederacy. Now I perceive they have conjoined all three to fashion this false sport in spite of me. Injurious Hermia, most ungrateful maid, have you conspired? Have you with these contrived to bait me with this foul derision? Is all the counsel that we two have shared, the sisters' vows, the hours that we have spent when we have chid the hasty-footed time for parting us, oh, is all forgot? Oh, school these friendship, childhood innocence, and will you rent our ancient love asunder to join with men in scorning your poor friend? It is not friendly, it is not maidenly, our sex as well as I may chide you for it, though I alone do feel the injury. I am amazed at your words. I scorn you not. It seems that you scorn me. Have you not set Lysander as in scorn to follow me and praise my eyes and face and made your other love, Demetrius, who even but now did spurn me with his foot to call goddess, nymph, divine and rare, precious, celestial. Wherefore speaks he this to her he hates? And wherefore doth Lysander deny your love, so rich within his soul, and tender me forsooth affection, but by your setting on, by your consent? What though I be not so in grace as you, so hung up with love, so fortunate but miserable most to love unloved? This you should pity rather than despise. I understand not what you mean by this. I do. Persevere, counterfeit sad looks, make mouths upon me when I turn my back, wink at each other, hold the sweet jest up. This sport, well carried, shall be chronicled. If you have any pity, grace, or manners, you would not make me such an argument. But fare you well. Tis partly my own fault, which death or absence soon shall remedy. Stay, gentle Helena. Hear my excuse. My love, my life, my soul, fair Helena. Oh, excellent. Sweet, do not scorn her so. If she cannot entreat, I can compel. Thou canst compel no more than she entreat. Thy threats have no more strength than her weak prayers. Helen, I love thee. By my life, I do. I swear by that which I will lose for thee to prove him false that says I love thee not. I say I love thee more than he can do. If thou say so, withdraw and prove it too. Quick, come! Lysander, where to tends all this? Away! No, no. He'll seem to break loose. Take on as you would follow, but yet come not. You are a tame man. Go. Hang off, thou cat, thou burr! Vile thing, let loose! or I will shake thee from me like a serpent. Why are you grown so rude? What changes this sweet love? Oh, thy love? Out, loathed medicine. 
Hated poison, hence! Do you not jest? Yes, Sooth, and so do you. Demetrius, I will keep my word with thee. I would I had your bond, for I perceive a weak bond holds you. I'll not trust your word. What? Should I hurt her? Strike her? Kill her dead? Although I hate her, I'll not harm her so. What? Can you do me greater harm than hate? Hate me? Wherefore? Oh, me, what news, my love? Am not I Hermia? Are not you Lysander? I am as fair now as I was erewhile since night you loved me, yet since night you left me. Why then, you left me? Oh, the gods forbid, in earnest, shall I say? I, by my life, and never did desire to see thee more. Therefore be out of hope, of question, of doubt. Be certain, nothing truer, tis no jest, that I do hate thee and love Helena. Oh, me! You juggler. You canker blossom, you thief of love! What, have you come by night and stole my love's heart from him? Fine, if faith, have you no modesty, no maiden shame, no touch of bashfulness? What, will you tear impatient answers from my gentle tongue? Fie, fie, you counterfeit, you puppet, you! Puppet? Why, so I that way goes the game! Now I perceive that she hath made compare between our statures. She hath urged her height, and with her personage, her tall personage, her height, forsooth, she hath prevailed with him. And are you grown so high in his esteem because I am so dwarfish and so low? How low am I, thou painted maypole? Speak! How low am I? I am not yet so low, but that my nails can reach unto thine eyes. I pray you, though you mock me, gentlemen, let her not hurt me. I was never cursed. I have no gift at all in truishness. I am a right maid for my cowardice. Let her not strike me. You perhaps may think, because she is something lower than herself, that I can match her. Lower? Hark again! Good Hermia, do not be so bitter with me. I evermore did love you, Hermia did ever keep your counsels, never wronged you. Say that in love unto Demetrius, I told him of your stealth unto this wood. He followed you for love. I followed him, but he hath chid me hence and threatened me to, to strike me, spurn me, nay, to kill me too. And now, so you will let me quiet go to Athens while I bear my folly back and follow you no further. Let me go. You see how simple and how fond I am. Why get you gone? Who is that hithers you? A foolish heart that I leave here behind. What, with Lysander? With Demetrius. Be not afraid. She shall not harm thee, Helena. No, sir. She shall not, though you take her part. And though she be but little, she is fierce. Oh! Little? Again? Nothing but low and little? Will you suffer her to flout me thus? Let me come Get to her! you gone, you dwarf. You minimus, a hindering not grass maid. You, you bead, you acorn. You are too officious in her behalf that scorns your services. Let her alone. Speak not of Helena. Take not her part. What? For if thou dost intend never so little show of love to her, 
thou shalt abide it. Now she holds me not. Now follow, if thou darest, to try who is right. Of thine or mine is most in Helena. Follow? Nay, I'll go with thee, cheek by jowl. You, mistress, all this coil is long of you. Nay, go not back. I will not trust you. I no longer stay in your cursed company. Your hands than mine are quicker for a fray. My legs are longer, though, to run away. I am amazed and know not what to say. This is thy negligence. Still, thou makest, or else committest thy knaveries willfully. Believe me, king of shadows, I mistook. Did not you tell me I should know the man by the Athenian garments he had on? And so far blameless proves my enterprise that I have anointed in Athenians' eyes. And so far am I glad it so did sort as this their jangling I esteem a sport. Thou seest these lovers seek a place to fight. Hide, therefore, Robin, overcast the night, and lead these testy rivals so astray, as one come not within the other's way. Like to Lysander, sometimes frame thy tongue, then stir Demetrius up with bitter wrong, and sometime rail thou like Demetrius. And from each other look thou lead them thus, till o'er their brows death counterfeiting sleep, with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep. Then crush this herb into Lysander's eye, whose liquor hath this virtuous property, to take from thence all error of his might, and make his eyeballs roll with wanted sight. When they next wake, all this derision shall seem a dream and a fruitless vision. Was I in this affair do thee employ all to my queen, and beg her Indian boy, and then I will her charmed eyes release from monsters view, and all things shall be peace. My very lord, this must be done with haste, for night's swift dragons cut the clouds full fast, and yonder shines Aurora's harbinger, at whose approach ghosts wandering here and there trope home to churchyards, damned spirits all. Already to their warmy beds are gone, for fear lest day should look their shames upon. But we are spirits of a different sort. I, with the morning's love, have oft made sport. Notwithstanding haste, make no delay. We may affect this business yet ere day. Up and down, up and down, I will lead them up and down. I am feared in field and town. Goblin, lead them up and down. Here comes one. Where art thou, proud Demetrius? Speak thou now. Here, villain, drawn ready. Where art thou? I will be with thee straight. Follow me, then, to plainer ground. Lysander, speak again. Thou run away, thy coward, art thou fled? Speak in some bush. Where dost thou hide thy head? Thou coward, art thou bragging to the stars, telling the bushes thou looks for wars and wilt not come? Come, recreant, come, thou child. I'll whip thee with the rod. He is defiled that draws a sword on thee. Art thou there? Follow my voice. We'll try no manhood here. <sighs> he goes before me and still dares me on. When I come where he calls, then he is gone. The villain is much lighter healed than I. I followed fast, but faster he did fly. 
that fallen am I in dark uneven way, and here will rest me. Come, thou gentle day, for if but once thou show me thy gray light, I'll find Demetrius and revenge this spite. Ho, 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 coward, why comest thou not? Abide me, if thou darest, for well I wot. Thou runst before me, shifting every place, and darest not stand nor look me in the face. What art thou now? Come hither, I am here. Nay, then thou mockst me. Thou shalt buy this dear. If I ever I thy face by daylight see, now go thy way. Faintness constraineth me to measure out my length on this cold bed. By day's approach, look to be visited. Oh, weary night, oh, long and tedious night, abate thy hours. Shine comforts from the east, that I may back to Athens by daylight from these that my poor company detest. Oh, and sleep, that sometimes shuts up sorrow's eyes, steal me a while from mine own company. Yet but three? Come one more. Two of both kinds makes up four. Here she comes, cursed and sad. Cupid is a knavish lad, thus to make poor females mad. Oh, never so weary, never so in woe. Bedabbled with the dew and torn with briars, I can no further crawl, no further go. My legs can keep no pace with my desires. Here will I rest me till the break of day. Heaven shield Lysander if they mean a fray. When thou wakest, thou takest true delight in the sight of thy former lady's eye, and the country proverb known that every man should take his own, and your waking shall be shown. Jack, shall love Jill, not shall go ill. The man shall have his mare again, and all shall be well. This has been Act Two of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Join us next week for the answers to all your burning questions. Who will Helena choose? Will Robin fix his mistakes? This and more next week on A Midsummer Night's Dream. The radio play.